Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, July 29th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Bytes Digital Lunatic Recovery Group. Let's take a listen. Howdy, everyone. Just going to let everyone else join and hope that my friend from the Orbitable Command team can join in pretty soon. Hope everyone is having a lovely Friday or Saturday, depending on where you are in the world. Hello, Edwin. How are you? What's up, Joseph? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for setting this up. No, no problem, man. I'm just, I'm kind of getting excited. I'm getting that. Um, I, I seen, I saw someone else tweet earlier this week that they're starting to get March 2021 vibes of uh, of Terra, um, which is interesting to kind of just be seeing uh, because there's a lot going on. There's a lot new uh, developments going on in the V2 action world. Um, and I'm just curious to get your thoughts and uh, questions about overall what's going on with Terra V2. Uh, because this week, one, the one proposal that I was ex- extremely excited about was specifically the the Metrics DAO proposal that just came through. The Metrics DAO proposal was is it's going to unlock a new age of like analysis for V two, and I really missed that because in V one you could see all these massive dashboards that were being made from curated data that Flipside provided like access to. Um, and so now on to have that tool actually live and launched on V2, I think it's going to be very key to have like actual data analysis of uh, basically the performance of all the protocols launching. Um, and I remember how much that impacted my guidance on understanding Prism and understanding how the vesting schedules worked and everything. So just super pumped about that. But would love to hear your thoughts on what, what else you got you excited this week. Yeah, I, I think in that similar path let's say um pulsar finance right they just released their dashboard which is similar to eight board if uh, if you guys have been using that but i i think the initial attraction for me to terra was it's DeFi, right and just the uh, different like f- financial tools that we could use for our assets and part of that includes being able to track right and being able to find uh an edge or find you know where the farming yields are uh, the greatest just uh, different data I, I think for me that that was initially what attracted me to to terra and, and so having these tools like you're mentioning like metrics dow and then also pulsar finance i think it's going to attract the the same crowd that was initially in to Terra um, and uh, just kind of bring them back. You know, I feel like in the last two months, people have been taking time off, which was definitely necessary for a lot of reasons, right? Uh, just mentally being able to kind of decompress and take a break and uh, just kind of reassess where, where you are in the DeFi and Web3 world and 
but but I think you know making this this comeback here uh, is going to be uh, uh, important and uh, for the growth of uh, Terra. Uh, and so seeing these two things going on right now for me, it's exciting for sure. Could you break down a little bit what Pulsar is uh, is developing? I know you guys had a, a great Twitter space with them, and I was able to tune in for just a little bit, and I got to hear the major alpha that they're launching on Cosmos. Um, but I would love to hear what specifically Pulsar is doing. Like, what's their value at? What are they doing as a protocol? So it was definitely early for me as well. It was 7 a.m., so I did not get to <laughs> Oh, <in>. no worries. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, Zion that took care of that. Uh, space for us but i mean if you haven't used it, it it's super simple to use you can uh, go to app.pulsar.finance uh, you know and i've already used it a little bit um it's it's super the, you know the, the ui the ux of it has all of the things that we love about terra um and, and so um it's uh, it's cool where you can see your your assets you know which coins you have money in um, you can see where you're staking, you can see, you know, just all the different, um, uh, just, uh, portfolios that you have. Right. And, and then at the bottom, you also have access to track your NFTs, which, which I think is great. Uh, it kind of gives you like the, the floor price of what it is, um, currently. Um, so it looks super cool, uh, super user-friendly. Uh, and for me, I think it's going to help, um, just have one place to track everything that that looks cool um but yeah as far as like the specific details i will definitely suggest people go and listen to the twitter space it was recorded and Terra spaces also uh released his clean edit version of it um but uh yeah i'm sure that there's a lot of good knowledge in there uh, i did uh, see somewhere that they released that they released that alpha that they will be expanding towards the cosmos um but you know they're they're uh, they're a new project that's just starting out, and I'm sure that they have a lot of cool things planned out for for Terra as well. Yeah, hearing about how you can manage all your different positions that's actually really nice. And I've been I've been going through that like thought process of how can you make DeFi just better. Um, and I guess that's just because I'm I'm really frustrated with like all the. Uh, how much it really takes to move your liquidity from so many different chains. Um, I think a, a couple of weeks ago, I did a walkthrough on how to uh, bridge from uh, basically from ETH and get to your stuff into osmosis. And my God, dude, it took it took the, I, in order to avoid Ethereum, like gas fees and stuff, I decided to go through Polygon. But then that opened up another inconvenience of where my bridge from Polygon um, to uh, from my bridge from ETH to Polygon took 28 minutes. 28 freaking minutes to get my transaction. Um, and that was just super frustrating. Um, and so like the fact that you have to go through that, the fact that you have to deal with those infrastructure things, and while it's like still, it's like, okay, this is around, around it's still better than like having to wire payments and go through an actual bank system and do that. So it is, it is cutting edge, it is transformative, and it is new tech, um, especially Axelar being like a new bridge. Um, the, the, the fact is, is that I would love if there were a reality where you could just avoid all that, uh, have a simple dashboard to interact with those things, to conveniently access it from one location. Um, but I guess that's just, that's just my inner grave of, uh, of basically like web two kind of stuff development because web two always was developed with that kind of frame of reference in mind. All social media platforms, Twitter is like suspect of that too. 
is that they want to silo interactions and silo people into their one platform and like satiate their thirst and quench for that kind of like social media in that one platform. And they don't want you to go like anywhere else. Um, and so I want to, I want to experience that in like the web two in the web three world so badly. And that's why I, I loved enjoying and interacting with Aperture Finance back when that was starting to launch because they were going to end up getting yields from Solana and bringing them into Terra. Um, and having that convenience factor of just going to one place, that's just crazy to me. Yeah, look, man, I mean, D DeFi is still very experimental, right? And the, the, the quicker we get to finding tools that make it easier for all of us to just feel comfortable and confident when we click, you know, we, we make one click and we're sending thousands, thousands of dollars somewhere, you know, like that's still such a stressful situation for myself. Uh, like, like what you're talking about with uh, the polygon bridging um, oh, to yeah. Cosmos, like that, you know, 28 minutes that you're waiting and you're hoping and you keep checking and it's loading and it's just like, damn, did I make the right click? You're double checking everything. And it's stressful, man. Like uh, I, I, I still get paid, you know, through crypto um, in with my one planet job. And, uh, you know, I, I use that to pay my bill. So I'm off ramping through Polygon and it, it's stressful, like having to uh, to, to go from Polygon to uh, to, a, uh, to a centralized exchange like Binance. Right. And, and uh, that transaction taking forever because it it. You know, if you miss if you mess up in just one letter, you know, or one stupid click, like you you lose the money that you earned for the month, and then now, like you're thinking about share your bills, you can't pay that. So it it's not a perfect system. I think that uh, there's still a lot of developments to be made, but at the end of the day, you know, I I think that uh, there's still a lot of attractive things, and there's still a lot of builders trying to figure out those ways to make it easier for us and we have you know chino, chino man here listening and i'm sure that you know he he's working on things like that through hermes protocol and um so yeah things are just going to get better and and decrease the the stress that comes with bridging and on-ramping and off-ramping that's still not uh, as user-friendly as we hope it is yeah, I think I think that's like uh, it's one of the key things to like just growing and rest of DeFi is just making things a lot easier, um, a less less stressful. And, uh, and like all these experiences, especially with bridging, bridges are like the most notorious things that get compromised. Um, just the bridging infrastructure is always getting um, just getting taken advantage of and getting exploited. Um, and so like it's it's just nerve wracking when you're playing with like uh, obviously like in your case, you're getting paid. Um, today was my payday and I didn't have to worry about that because it was just direct deposit. Uh, but like that, that is a huge convenience of fiat currencies. Like that's, that's why we still live our lives through fiat currencies is because we can just get paid comfortably uh, directly to our bank account. Um, and so the fact that the fact that DeFi hasn't gotten to that kind of convenience stake and that safety point of view, um, it's just going to take a bit. Um, and it's, and I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out where that's going to go because of the whole like conversation of IBC, um, new chains launching their own new chains. And even then wallets are still clunky. Um, but yeah, regardless of all my sentiments of everything being weird, as far as infrastructure, I wanted to get into the conversation of UST2. Um, I know there's a lot of, a lot of, um, 
basically a lot of burn and hate uh, with with Doquan. And obviously there has been like a major silence. And that's something that I'm not okay with at all. Um, And I'm not speaking that on behalf of Bytes Digital. That's just me personal, Joseph Casa intern. I should never really appreciate it, kind of the silence that was there. But regardless, I do think that there is kind of this movement of uh, basically burn them at the stake. Um, and I think that there is a conversation to be had about a new UST or just a new stablecoin. Um, and I think that that conversation wasn't even started by Doquan himself. That conversation and that narrative, he beat everyone too. He was very early to it. Um, some even some speculation that he was involved with basis cash. I don't know if those allegations are even confirmed. Um, but those, the regardless of the matter is, is that major DeFi protocols throughout all the different chains are looking to launch their own stablecoins. UST was kind of just the first one that really took over and by accident created a, basically an L1 experience where Luna became the Ethereum essentially of this entire stablecoin war era. Aave is launching their own stablecoin. Um, Curve is going to be launching their own type of stablecoin system, and as along with uh, Shade Protocol. Shade Protocol is creating Silk, um, or I believe Shade Protocol is creating Silk. I'm, that might be the secret network, but I'm not sure. Um, but there it is, is Shade people, Protocol. It yeah. is. It is Shade. Okay, yeah. but yeah. So regardless, that's basically that's basically what I wanted to get at is that the the golden egg of of a stablecoin. Uh, like being pegged to a fiat currency has not gone away. Like people are still talking about this and like protocols are still developing this. And it's because of the of, of the reality of over collateralized stable coins just not being like a scalable option. Um, and also all the suspicions of USDC and USDT not being supported and all that are being backed and all that. All, all the all the nuances of people claiming that those are not good stable coins. There is still that like chase for a stablecoin. And I just want to hear your thoughts of like, when do you think if, because I, I genuinely do believe that he's 100% working on a stablecoin right now. Do you think a stablecoin is along the future of uh, Terra V2? Yeah, yeah. To give you a short answer, definitely. I think that initially that was Terra's vision, right? To be the center of stable coins right there was I don't, I don't know the exact number but i remember um, looking at the rewards that i was getting from staking and there was all of these different stable coins obviously ust was the biggest one but i think that that that's a big uh, uh u- unique proposition that terra initially had and so if we're able to go back towards that obviously with a safe a safer mechanism for the stablecoin, then that's what's going to make it different. Um, and uh, I, I definitely feel like from from all of the conversations that you know I saw DK in the last year that I've been with Terra, to me it always seemed like that was his vision, that was his goal to create decentralized money around the stablecoin, right? Because again, if we go back to our, our first little topic, in regard to like direct deposit and um, dealing with uh, the utility of a stablecoin to pay our bills and, um, and and different things like that, I think stablecoin is definitely a, a necessary uh, tool for for decentralized finance. And so, uh, I, I I see that in the future. I, uh, I I'm curious to see what the learnings were from uh, the first version of UST. Uh, and, you know, I, I have been learning a little bit more, too, about 
what what is out there and frax is definitely a cool one um they there is some algorithm algorithmic based mechanism to it uh, but there there is still a lot of collateral in it um you know and and i've been learning a little bit about curve as well just to see how you know they uh focus on their stable coin pools that was initially what they um what they what their first version was obviously they've expanded um out of that a little bit more um but yeah man i, I think i i am a, a junkie as well for uh figuring out uh, you know what stable coins are out there and what can work but um yeah i think if Terra does not have a stable coin that's unique in in its ecosystem, um, I think it'll be hard to differentiate itself, right? Especially with new projects building on top of Terra, like Pulsar. You know, they, they're building, they're starting here, but they have a vision of expanding to different chains as well. So if that continues to happen, then it will be hard to keep liquidity here in Terra. And that's and that the fact that there are so many other protocols launching and continuing to build on Terra um, is one of the reasons why I wanted to have the conversation about a new stablecoin being launched. Um, just part of me, part of me just thinks that there has to be that plan to get a new stablecoin. And I, I don't know, this might just be some tinfoil stuff. I, I don't want anyone to bet the farm on uh, like th that there's going to be a new stable coin. I'm not telling you to do anything with your money. There's no advice going on here. Um, but I am saying that it just seems like there's a lot going on in the Terra V2 world that is leading me to believe that there is, there is more in store for the chain itself. Um, and uh, that report is probably the most thing that is tipping me to that. Um, and it's strictly just the fact that Astroport is still remaining to be launched and still or is still launching and building on this V2 uh, narrative, along with going with that cross chain narrative that you just mentioned about how the fact that they will go to boy and they'll go beyond just the scope of V2. And the next stable coin that Terra launches has to have that same kind of paradigm of thinking. It has to be a cross-chain stable coin. And Astroport is going to be a hub of liquidity for a foreseeable time. Um, like many of you, I absolutely got shrecked with this UST crash. I have some like ridiculous amount of Luna getting vested um, over the next like year, maybe year and a half to two years. So the fact that those are going to get vested if you do not believe that V2 has any success, what are you going to do? You're going to go swap for it. Well, where are you going to go swap for it? You're going to go to Astroport. Astroport is going to have a sustained fee mill just being basically distributed over the next year and a half to two years that is going to be sustained and it's going to be present. Um, and the fact that that exists uh, and the, the fact that there's still activity for other protocols launching it just seems to me that it's going to be a perfect environment, especially with like if you expect the macro to get better within like a year or two. It's going to be like a perfect timing. It, it just seems it just seems like a lot is going on that is leading me to believe that there is potentially a stable coin coming in here. And oh my God, we've got the Pantera joining us in here, the one and only. <laughs> Evan, Evan, please tell 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 me that I'm absolutely crazy. I mean, you can fire me on the spot. I mean, like you can I can just like log out of the account, but like what's 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 the sitch? What do you think? Uh, I'm just gonna ignore everything you said because I'm curious about uh, curves stablecoin and if someone can explain to me what 
what it is and why it has any value other than just being like a centralized stable coin backed stable coin like die like what is i mean you're you're absolutely right i mean i'm i'm well i mean at, at face value you're absolutely right but it's strictly just the fact that all liquidity exists within uh within curve on ETH. that's like that's that's basically it like they're acting as like a federal reserve to launch their own stable asset what is what is the roadmap for that uh let me get a tweet there is a tweet that i have and it's similar to Ave too, right? They have a bunch of liquidity for collateral, and so they're just kind of creating their stablecoin around that. I'm surprised you haven't heard of the stablecoin, Evan. I, I thought you were. I thought you were an ETH maxi. Uh, no, I, I'm usually. Well, I'm not going to say what I usually do, but <laughs> I'm definitely not an ETH maxi. Although I do have bags of ETH. Uh, wait. So, so uh, okay. Uh, sorry, I haven't been keeping up on like stable coins because I have PTSD. What what is the Ave stablecoin? That that sounds more interesting to me if it's backed by like uh like actual floating assets and not gover government coin, Fed coin circle, and who knows what the fuck coin tether. Can you dive into that a little bit more? Yeah, I'm trying to find the article. I'm trying to find the article that I have. Um, but the basis of the curve of what it would be is that it would create a very similar structure to the Ave stablecoin. And it would strictly be backed by basically a basket of, uh, of a whole bunch of different decentralized assets. It, it would basically be using the, the liquidity that exists on Curve to back it with, um, with ETH, to back it with other native assets like AVAX, maybe, uh, Matic. Um, I, I don't even know if they would even plan to use Bitcoin because they don't have any liquidity existing on Curve itself. Um, but it would follow that similar structure. Um, and I, I believe that the, the value add that specifically that they're trying to like pivot towards is the fact that, well, no, never mind. That is the Ave one. Ave one wants to do like posts of the basically delegational control over the minting of it. Curve would essentially pass that on to the baskets of assets that are backing it. And that's where that, that would control the liquidity of the stablecoin itself. Um, and it's kind of a new repurposing of the different models. So there's Ave's model. Um, I've been trying to find the curve one, but I can't. Um, but unfortunately, that's all I can give you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Edwin, I assume that's you on the Orbital Command uh, account. Do you know anything about Curve stablecoin versus Aves? No, no, not, not at all. I know uh, 1% that uh, it has been in the works for a while. That's it. Yeah. Um, all right. So... Okay, that was sorry. That was a total tangent and an aside. Um, I I've seen a lot of rumors circulating about Anchor, and uh, the team at Anchor hasn't necessarily said anything publicly. Uh, but people are saying if you follow Matt Cantieri's account, he's been saying that they're they're going to come out with an update. Um, I always thought it'd be cool to see, like like a Bitcoin on Anchor back when UST was still a thing. But I still think it'd be cool to even ETH or really any asset. I mean, you should probably start with Terra V2 if you're going to build Anchor on it. Um, but I thought it'd be really cool to uh, collateralize Bitcoin and then get like Axelar USDC, which I guess is our only option for stable coins right now. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with Anchor. 
also i guess i guess uh the <laughs> people keep hitting me up for alpha um i don't have a, a whole lot of alpha but i do keep having little birdies chirping uh one birdie sent me a document that i don't know if i can share with people so i'll just keep that for maybe my own live show uh because i'm an attention whore um and that's a pretty big birdie everybody knows who that birdie is let's just put it that way um but other little birdies have told me that we are on the precipice of a handful of protocols that are going to be launched on Terra V2, uh, or at least announced, and uh, begin their marketing campaign on Terra V2. So I'm pretty excited about that to see kind of what comes out. Um, I can't give you a like a very lucid timeline on that because I don't. I'm not even sure myself. But all I know is. Uh, people have reached out to myself and bytes digital group to uh, talk about like promoting it on our YouTube channel uh, and working with them to like, you know, do the interviews like we usually do. So uh, if they're gearing up for that kind of content, then I would imagine they're, they're far enough along where, you know, they're ready to kind of gin up some excitement for it. So that's, that's the alpha that I have for Terra V2. Um, yeah, for now, maybe I'll maybe I'll leak more. Maybe maybe I have an alt out there on Twitter that's already leaked some alpha. Yeah, you're Fat Man Terra. <laughs> yep, I'm hiding in plain sight, of course. This entire time, you've actually been fighting with yourself, um, which is which is actually really interesting from a psychological perspective. You're right, buddy. Yeah, um, yeah, and the Fat Man Terra alpha is. Uh, it looks like he finally launched his class action lawsuit. So. You know, for all the people on here who lost money um, in Terra V1, uh, join that class action lawsuit. Because if there's any way that you can get rich, it's by uh, joining a class action lawsuit. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I know that, you know, they're, they have Bentleys and they made all their money back that they lost based on class actions. It's totally not like a uh, ridiculous stupid bullshit thing that may or may not even like see the light of court and even if you do win it'll just pay the lawyers um but yeah uh feel free to join that if you're upset about losing money um you know after all it's it's not your fault the investments that you lose money on uh you know that's that's someone else's fault when you lose money when you make money uh you know when Terra or when luna went from you know like 80 cents to 80 dollars uh that was, you know, that was your own fault. And that was, you were a genius. Uh, but when it, when, when UST depegged and the mechanism that was written in the white paper that everyone knew about and had, uh, you know, very thorough discussions on the depeg risk, when that happened, that was, of course, uh, everybody else's fault, but your own for being invested in Luna. So please join that class action lawsuit. Uh, you know, that's, that's the best alpha I can leak. That's going to be a great way to make money for, for the rest of 2022. And you know, probably forever. You could probably retire after you uh, join that class action with with Fat Man. Okay, so now that you've given the advertisement, the required paid advertisement for Fat Man Terra's class action lawsuit, uh, shout out to Fat Man Terra for sponsoring us. Um, I found a uh, a clip of a video interview. Um, I attached it to the top of the Twitter space. This is with Michael. He's the Curve founder. Um, and he basically had this entire interview where they were talking about the end game of Curve Wars, the Curve War and beyond, um, and the overall goal of Curve as a platform. Um, and for a long time, they've been developing basically the white paper for what Curve would become as a currency. 
Um, and in this interview, um, he actually broke down a little bit about what would be in new, basically new to their model and novel. Um, and that it's basically a new, never before seen, completely uh, robust version of a liquidation mechanism um, that no protocol on DeFi has ever done. Um, and so he lightly touches upon it in this interview. Um, and from there, basically everything has just launched into a, a full scale speculation on what the curve stablecoin would basically be doing. Um, and there's this leaked document. I don't know if it was ever confirmed that it was real or not, but there was this leaked document that OX Llama dropped that uh, supposedly that there is like a new kind of like <laughs> a, basically a new kind of um, liquidation program model that would be called a Llama linear liquidation automatic market making algorithm. But I'm pretty sure that was just a complete troll. Um, but at that point, everyone has just been speculating on what that new liquidation mechanism would be. Um, and that's that's all we're basically been left with. Um, and so everyone's just been trying to figure out what they're actually going to be doing as far as a stablecoin. Um, but the fact that Curve is releasing a stablecoin um, and the fact that Aave is releasing a stablecoin, Dai has refused to die. Um, and MakerDAO keeps being kind of very important in the in the stablecoin space, and Frax now is getting a little bit of love and attention. That's why I think Mr. Kwan, uh, wherever Mr. Kwan is, if he's actually hiding in an, um, in an, a pyramid inside of Egypt, that man has a whiteboard out right now with UST 2.0 on it. Like, I promise you. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about that, but um, it's, it's interesting that whenever UST was, was still, um, you know, stable, uh, there were so many other stable coins that came out and they were, they were pretty much following the formula, uh, trons, whatever the hell it's called, USDD, I think, or something, uh, near like the, these, these program, these stable coins were, whether they launched or not, they came out and they were like, yeah, we're going to do the same thing as, as Luna. Cause this is like a proven model. Um, and then once UST failed, they've all sort of backtracked and went back to like, oh, we're actually just going to over collateralize with, you know, like USDT or, or circle, uh, and be just, you know, basically like a die. Um, so it's interesting to see curve if they are going to do like a new model. Um, I'll be interested to see. I mean, they do have like a ridiculous amount of liquidity with those centralized stables. So they've got an, an edge and an advantage. Uh, I'm speaking sort of out of out of my depth here just because I haven't seen the interview and I don't know much about it. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I'm just that's why the first question I asked was about, like, what is the difference between uh, like because the whole point of UST was that it wasn't it wasn't backed by um, some centralized stable. So, you know, you, you have, if you have uh, tether or circle uh, and I might be preaching the choir here, but I'm happy to repeat myself. The, you know, if I'm using circle, especially circle, uh, which seems to be like, you know, they're, they're gaining some traction and their market cap, I think has gained significantly on tether. Um, there's a risk there that if you are making transactions, uh, that, you know, raise a red flag in, in whatever capacity, whether it's, you know, you, you're sending them to an account that, uh, has been accused of, of fraud or you're sending them to whatever, whatever, whatever the issue is where someone raises a red flag, 
whether that's a government entity or a private entity, uh, Circle is more likely to basically succumb to whatever pressures uh, that that person raising the red flag is applying because they're going to say, you know, hey, Joseph, uh, CASA intern from Bytes Digital Group is, you know, funneling drug money to his cousins. And, uh, you know, we need to stop this activity. And whether that's true or not, uh, you know, Circle is under the obligation to, to basically look into that and they can freeze assets. And Tether has done the same thing, although Tether, I at least like Tether a little bit more because uh, they like don't show up to hearings with <laughs> with Congress and they kind of like have a have given a middle finger to the government. Uh, so but but they still are, are kind of under the same precipice because because um, they allege that they're holding all of their assets in a centralized bank. So there's a there's a point of failure there where if. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, if Tether, if you want to go after Tether, you go after where their assets are being held, whether that's, you know, cash or gold or paper or whatever. Um, so UST, the whole thing, the whole benefit of that was that it was this decentralized sort of like, hey, if, if everybody trusts UST and it doesn't depeg ever, let's just say hypothetically, it's just in perpetuity was always a dollar. Um, it's kind of a big middle finger to anybody that wants to complain about whatever transactions you're making. And you know, like my example I used was Joseph funneling drug money. Okay, maybe that's not like a good thing for society. Um, but I'm also up it is. Like, yeah, and it could be it could be, you know, uh, drugs are sometimes good for Joseph, you know. Um, but the I'm also of the belief that the definition of criminals or criminal activity is ever expanding by those who hold power. And so uh, not to go too far down a rabbit hole, but, you know, like the laws of the U.S., com- you know, today, even just compared to, um, I don't know what you want to say, even, you know, 20 years ago, uh, pre 9-11, um, was 20 years ago pre 9-11? Yeah, no, it wasn't. Uh, 22 years ago, pre 9-11, uh, the laws and like how expansive the government can be and, and how much power they have to kind of just, uh, you know, just freeze your assets. It is expanding and it never stops expanding. And so that's why UST uh, or really any decentralized stablecoin is something that I believe in. And, you know, I said this multiple times before UST depegged. It's a hill that I'm, I'm happy to die on. You know, we lost, I lost a lot of money in the UST depeg, but it was worth a try. And I think that's part of the reason why I get so frustrated with the people that are like, Oh, you know, Do Quan, blah, 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 UST, Luna, you're all scammers. And it's like, dude, if you would take like five seconds to fucking use your peanut brain and think about what money and value actually is and like, how does Bitcoin work? And you didn't just like you weren't born yesterday and invested in crypto five seconds ago. Uh, you wouldn't just like complain and take absolutely no culpability for your own actions. Uh, I don't know. It just pisses me off. But. Yeah. So anyway, that was the whole thesis of UST. And I think that's why a lot of people like bought into it on a philosophical level, uh, call us fools, whatever. But I do think that we'll see more attempts at that model where there isn't the centralized backing. Um, and so like Ave, that strikes my, my interest because you could essentially do, I mean, like think about Anchor, for example. I mean, you, it, you could basically do like the die model um, but just don't use 
don't use stables. Like just use Bitcoin. And if I'm over collateralized, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Then it's not capital efficient. So yeah, I don't know what I'm talking you, about. I'm you rambling. Can't build with with Bitcoin. I mean, but I I, I I agree with your with your discussion there. Is the fact that the decentralized component to USC is what attracted us all. Um, but the fact that the 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 question that I've been grappling with lately has been that concept of dis- removing value or the definition of value from governments themselves. Um, because there's always been that conversation of separation between church and state, at least here in the United States, it's been a huge thing. I mean, uh, regardless, I live in the South. I don't think that's actually a reality. Um, but it's that conversation exists and it's like an ideal. It's like what people strive for. Um, and it seems like with the invention of Bitcoin, it lines up with that same kind of paradigm of thinking. It's creating that form of value, that form of monetary assignment of value separated from a state, separated from a national authority, separated from a centralized government. And so the concept of UST, I think, was another step in that direction. But I've always been just completely um, bothered by the fact that we peg it to the value of a fiat currency. That is just a, that, like, I, I just think that like pegging it to a fiat currency like US dollar, and this has been a flaw, I think, with all stable coins or just a lot of stable coins, has been the fact that like when the US, when the US dollar get devalues, once the US dollar actually has its uh, economic challenges, um, it, it, it literally devalues that stable coin itself. So that uh, the, the other stable coin is just inherently tied to the basically the volatility of the valuation of the US dollar, of the power of it. Um, and that separation between the value of who defines it for a currency is something that I can't really come to terms with. And I don't know how a stable coin model um, makes it, I guess, a little bit better. I guess the only thing that makes it better is that it creates access to this um, value system throughout the world, but you still, you, still f- you still fall into the issue of the fact that you're acting it on a fiat alternative that is inherently being supported and propped up by a government, I guess. Um, love with, love with to, I don't know if this was a question or anything like that, but I would love to see what you think or hear about or what you want, what you think about this. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point. Um, that's something that I, we talked about in the early, early days, uh, like back when we had happy hours on Telegram, I think it was before Twitter Spaces was even a thing. And this was definitely like a point of contention for a lot of people was, you know, if you're going to create this stable coin, why peg it to the US dollar, especially given how much of the US dollar has been printed in the last couple of years? Um, cause at the end of the day, like if you're holding, you know, sorry, my daughter's trying to get in on the Twitter spaces. Um, at the end of the day, if you're, if you're holding UST, um, you know, last year and you're, and let's again, hypothetically say it never depegged, or, or even if you're holding tether, so you've got tether last year and then you've got tether this year and inflation is 9%. Well, you just lost, lost 9% on your, your value of your assets. Um, so is like a stable coin being pegged to fiat the value of fiat is that even the answer long term and i think that's a really valid question that a lot of people bring up and this is i think where like stuff like ohm um that like they i mean they were like you know really kind of ahead of their time i guess but stuff like that where it's like this kind of floating value or this floating reserve uh can kind of like I guess be the answer, or at least that's a very ver- early attempt 
to try and figure out the answer. Um, I do want to bring up one other thing too, which is interesting, which is definitely more of a macro uh, news bit. But I think it was, I want to say yesterday or Wednesday, there was an announcement that like, I guess nobody's really talking about, or at least I haven't seen many people talking about, is uh, this this Russian Sino reserve currency, which is like China and Russia have gotten together and they're they're starting a reserve currency based off precious minerals. And it's like, I think it's like gold, silver, and uranium or some, I don't know, something else. But, um, you know, not... Given that, given that China, I think is is still, as far as I can recall, or as, far as my understanding, but correct me if I'm wrong and I'm listening, they're still the largest holder of of U.S. dollar debt, um, or the, like, you know, yeah, you know what I mean, um, you know, and then they're going to go ahead and start a new reserve currency with Russia, um, that's not based on the U.S. dollar. That's a bit concerning for, you know, what's going on, and and we've seen like through the the Russian invasion of Ukraine, how the rest of the world kind of unplugged Russia from SWIFT and all these other, you know, kind of world banking uh, legacy systems. And so it'll be interesting to see if there's a counter from sort of like the East powerhouses to, you know, basically like start the next, uh, the next saga of the world reserve currency. Uh, I'm not saying that that's going to happen tomorrow, but, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't look good for the U.S. dollar as a reserve to have like two powerhouses in the East um, pegging their currency to precious minerals. Now, I don't know how much you can trust. And again, I'm rambling here, but I don't know how much you can trust like China, like the Central Bank of China or whatever the hell they're called. What, what's the Central Bank of China called, Jenny? Bank of China. Are you sure? <laughs> that sounds like a like a retail bank. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, I don't know how much you can trust those, those countries to like accurately report that the backing is collateralized one-to-one. Um, but like in us, what is the U S dollar backed by? Uh, you know, it's backed by pretty much like (laughs) bombs and guns and violence. So, uh, we've been pretty good at that, but you know, in my opinion, the U S population's grown kind of tired of like invading countries. So, uh, you know, I don't know what the solution is, but that's pretty big news. So that's something to look into at a more of a macro level. And again, I'm rambling, Joseph. So please fill the air with. <laughs> no, I actually appreciate you bringing that up. Um, I think the macro is a huge. I, I think th- I, that's what attracted me to uh, to Terra and UST. Uh, not specifically to Luna. But I mean, like the product that the chain offered was UST. Luna wasn't like the product. Um, so like, that's what attracted me to Terra was the, this concept of the decentralized value system. So the, 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 the global context of that was that I realized that the U S T would basically unleash like global access, um, to this, like different this, this different monetary system, um, so that everyone can have access to it throughout the world, no matter where you were. And if you had an internet access, you could actually access this new monetary system through UST. Uh, it would essentially open up the floodgates for countries that had terrible access to, that countries that had bad access to bad local currencies, um, to bad local governments that just couldn't manage uh, monetary policy in their local areas. 
And so I was just like completely sold on the concept of UST being this like global access point into participating into a more global economy. Um, and I've always I've always believed that we're going we're trending in that direction of a global economy. So when I saw this post about how Russia and China were going to be launching their no, new global reserve currency, um, I was just shocked. I, I, I mean, I, did, I, I guess I wasn't shocked. I guess I just didn't see it going this way. I was like, all right, so this is interesting. Um, maybe this is like the next evolution into paradigm of thinking of like, all right, so now countries are starting to think, okay, now all of our basically monetary systems are going to go, are going to have like struggling issues, uh, regardless of some point in time. So we have to start creating like banding together. We have to start, uh, defaulting and, uh, it basically joining forces. And I think that that's what China and Russia are doing on their side. Um, but there's also issues that are happening in, in Europe. Uh, I know that Spain is, ha is, is facing issues with their, their currency, uh, and their financial system. Um, and I, I know that there are a, a lot of other European countries that are experiencing in similar crises due to the energy, uh, to, 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 due to the energy situation and, and, and other issues with the supply chain involving the Ukraine war. Um, so the fact that all of those things are going on globally, they fit into the conversation of Bitcoin uh, and they fit into the conversation of what UST was trying to accomplish so well. Um, and I think I think that the next evolution of a stable coin, it's going to be interesting to see how it evolves, um, because I do I do genuinely believe that UST was pretty close to becoming that like next entrance piece into the into the uh, Bitcoin economy. Uh, and I think that the next big evolution for a cryptocurrency and for basically just all of currencies themselves will be figuring out how to make Bitcoin that monetary value at a global scale. Um, and uh, I, I hate to I hate to like throw up like a like a Elon Musk quote out there. I'm not I'm not an absolute Elon Musk fanboy. I'm sorry if anyone is. I'm sorry if you're not. But there was something that he said about how people always forget that like economies are not just um, just money. It's not just a dollar. It's not just a yen. It's not just a ruble. It's 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 not just money. An economy is actually the services, the goods, um, actual hard products and assets that exist within basically a medium of exchange. That kind of concept has been playing in my head a lot, um, and I want to see how the next evolution of Bitcoin. Uh, figures out how to do that, how to bridge that. How does Bitcoin become that representation of goods and services in our world? Um, and I think DeFi is getting close to that. I think DeFi is going to figure out a way to create economies to do that. I think UST was super close to doing that, uh, especially with Alice being launched, with Kato Money doing like the whole merchant system. Um, and then we had that whole like vibrant NFT system where they were talking about Hey, let, let, let's let's see if we can tie like the value of um, of, of like our stablecoin to actual real world assets like wine. Um, and then there is also the conversation of artists rights and trying to see if artists could have their um, intellectual property baked into the into smart contracts and being managed. Um, and so the, the reality of that conversation has just been happening a lot. Um, but I, I, I guess I guess I'm excited to see what else gets developed. Um, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm genuinely excited to see whatever the hell like Doquan ends up coming up with. I don't I don't know if he does. Uh, it could be tinfoil hat stuff. Maybe he doesn't even make another stable point. But I think I think he can't resist it. Honestly, <laughs> Edwin, feel free. Yeah, I think to your point with that Elon Musk quote, I think it, we have to see where a digital currency can 
integrate itself to a real world utility. And it makes me think of NFTs in a lot of ways because there's still a lot of talk about just how can project founders connect their NFT community into the real world, right? Like there's there's all of these roadmaps that talk about creating a DAO and um, staking your NFT and receiving your your coin. But at the end of the day, like it's still just the same game that everybody's playing and there's constant inflation of the coin. But at what point is there going to be some kind of deflationary mechanism introduced into these coins in a real world um, utility? And I think that's where we where we we love the UST Luna combination, right, that we were always talking about the burn of um, uh, Luna because uh, people were using UST a lot more. So I think I, I, I hope that NFT projects kind of make that bridge and it, it almost feels like ApeCoin, you know, it's, it's taking a uh, big stance on creating utility for their coin. Um, so anyways, that, that's just my thought about, you know, that whole ecosystem around a, uh, a, a currency having to have like real world assets, going back to that Elon Musk quote. But I do actually have to, head out. I'm going to go play some poker with some DJs. But it was uh, a pleasure, you know, being with you guys uh, here again for this happy hour. Thank you. Thank you for joining, Edwin. It was it was an absolute pleasure. Um, We host these every every week uh, on 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 Fridays. Um, uh, I think I had had to do had to schedule it a little bit earlier this week because I have I have things to attend to this afternoon. I actually have plans on a Friday, surprisingly. Uh, Typically, I'm just on Twitter. Uh, what do you mean I'm lying? Dude, I actually have friends. I'm sorry, Evan. Uh, you just can't keep me in the basement all day. <laughs> hey, uh, I do want to just uh, give more context on that reserve currency I was talking about. Um, this says Vladimir Putin reveals the creation of a new international reserve currency at the 14th BRICS summit. Um, BRICS is Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. And um, and then it also says that Turkey, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia consider joining BRICS. And uh, Wait, as we know, Saudi Arabia, really? That's what it says. I mean, this is according to Bitcoin.com, and I don't know if it was Vladimir Putin revealed that or if that I don't know. Someone, I mean, read into it on your own time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know that Saudi Arabia, um, you know, huge oil exporter, and so for them, uh, and for like all of OPEC. Um, you know, they they can only sell oil in U.S. dollar denomination, which drives this demand for the U.S. dollar. And so uh, for, for huge oil producing countries to be like, oh, well, we'll start accepting, you know, whatever this uh, Sino-Russian currency is. Uh, <laughs> that's that's actually great. crazy. Yeah, it's not great for the strength of the U.S. dollar. Uh, I've gone down some pretty crazy rabbit holes not to get too conspiratorial here and sound like uh, Ryan Ola on a spaces. But, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of like the whole Iraqi invasion and Saddam Hussein thing was a, a reason. A part of the reason for that was that they were choosing to um, they, they were about to start accepting euro for oil exports in like 99 or 2000 um, or maybe even 2001. I don't know. But um, 
but yeah, so it, it's interesting to see if if large oil exporting countries would would be on board with this. I would imagine if that reserve currency, uh, if they're part of that BRICS reserve currency, then they would accept that BRICS reserve currency for oil exports, and that doesn't do well for the U.S. dollar. And part of the reason why the U.S. average is like you know you see China doesn't necessarily care if they devalue their own currency because it's good for exports and. For the U.S., um, what do we export? I mean, I, like, I, I'm, that's not a rhetorical question. Like, what does the U.S. export? I, I don't know. Uh, so, you know, the, I mean, it would, it would, it would have to be, it would be like digital products at that point. I mean, the, I think that the vast majority of uh, products, uh, products production in the United States has gone digital. Uh, but that share, that share of like the global economy is like starting to slow down because like the rest of the world is starting to produce like digital capital as well. Um, so like the U.S. Right. is losing the edge in that. And China also eats our lunch on anything digital because we can't like sue anyone for copyright. And China, like basically whatever the U.S. creates or anyone in the U.S. creates or anyone in the world creates, they'll just rip it off and make it cheaper than us. And then, I mean, whatever. But um yeah, so I don't know, just interesting things to keep your eyes on. Um, and uh, I see that Lunk Dao is here and Jimmy from Lunk Dao. Have you guys already covered some drama about uh, the Lunk proposal and if they're going to, because Bytes Digital Group voted as far as I, I know. Uh, we voted yes, or at least yeah. I, I strongly advised that we vote yes to the rest of the Bytes Digital Group council. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to invite I'm going to invite Jimmy to come up to speak, maybe Lunk Dao as well. Um, I would love to get into the uh, into the situation with Lunk. Um, I believe we, we've already decided to vote. Yes, we, we publicly made a stance on it. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree with your I agree with your conversation about um, about the, Chi the Chinese and Russian reserve currency. And um, do you think that do you think that this is going to expedite the conversation of uh, Bitcoin becoming that separate mo like monetary system, or do you think that this is just going to lengthen that discussion? Sorry, I missed everything you said because I keep getting calls from people in Alabama claiming that they're KuCoin support. So I I bought this shirt uh, that people might have seen <laughs> whenever we showed the the footage of people storming the headquarters in South Korea, and it says KuCoin on it, but it's got a it it looks like the logo of another internet website that i visit often uh so check it out if you haven't seen it but i think what happened is who whatever third party is is selling these kucoin shirts like has my information somehow so they keep calling me and and i don't know what they want because like every time i get a call from a number i don't have i usually just uh like uh effectuate or affectate whatever the word is like a, a different accent so sometimes i'm like a southerner if they're from alabama or sometimes I'm like uh, Mexican uh, or whatever. And uh, it, I kept getting calls like four times a day from these people. Like they wouldn't stop. They'd call back to back. And finally, I was just like, hey, what's up, dude? Like, what do you need? And the guy was like, oh, can I just get your first and last name to start? This is KuCoin support. And I'm like, dude, I fucking know the people from KuCoin. Like they're not in Alabama. Like what's your first and last name? And he's like, oh, my name's David. And I was like, what's your last name? And he's like, uh, Smith. And I was like, oh, well, you sound like a scammer. So fuck off. And this is bullshit. And then he hung up and they haven't called me back yet. So, uh, yeah, there's the tweet of the shirt. So just be careful out there. 
I will assure you that KuCoin is not calling you from a number based in the US asking you for information. Um, my futures account is so wrecked anyway, they could get into my account and they wouldn't get much money anyway. So no big deal. <laughs> they have to KYC somehow. They have to call. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, that's that's a tangent. What was the question you asked? <laughs> I mean, at this point, I'm just going to start asking for fashion advice and like where, where I need to start shopping. So I um, I actually just start getting phone calls spammed. Yeah. And the other thing too was it, it was I got a I can't think of the service that I used to buy it, but it was like pay with crypto and I paid with crypto, but I still had to give like my info. Um, and then I it, it was kind of bullshit because it's like, oh, pay with tether, but like pay, make sure you overpay to cover because if you don't overpay, like you don't know what, you know, the floating gas rates are or whatever. And I was like, all right, I'll just overpay by like $5. And then instead of them just sending it back to me, I have to claim it to get $5 back. Uh, or it like, I don't know, they keep it after 90 days. It was kind of bullshit. So crypto, we got a long fucking way to go for me to get a Pornhub KuCoin shirt that I want to wear for one stream. <laughs> well, well, maybe, maybe that's a, maybe that's a uh, feature that Obi wallet should like implement, you know, maybe Obi wallet has a, uh, seamless on and off ramp uh merch store where we can get t-shirts i'm sure i'm sure no one would get mad if we started selling qcoin t-shirts yeah well uh obi is definitely not focused on merchant payments but kato is and um we are actually partnered with them and we'll be launching a pilot in september i don't want to dive too deep into it uh because things aren't quite ready but trust me we will be we will be beta feature ready in September. And then after September, I'm very excited to be like full feature ready because uh, I have a lot to say about OB and that's what I've been working pretty hard on. And Pete's been working even harder on for the last like, basically since like a, a month and a half before the DPEG. Another thing I want to mention too is there, there are commenters out there who are like, I don't know what these people, I don't know. I don't know where these people came from. Like they're clearly either paid or bots or whatever, but they just like stir the pot. And one of them, his name's like Sniff on YouTube or like Doe Sniffer or something. And he's like, oh, it's kind of shady and sketchy that the Terabytes guys changed their channel name before the DPEG and then deleted their Twitter before the DPEG. And it's like, dude, we, first of all, I can't even really remember the timeline, but we were in the process of rebranding anyway. And like what you think we you think I had inside knowledge that there was going to be a DPEG like yeah let me let me just call up my like billionaire hedge fund buddies from you know wherever whatever from Genesis who like happily share inside information on you know which way the traders are going to go they're taking out billion dollar loans they just hit me up with a text real conveniently and we're like hey you know it's going to DPEG make sure you change your Twitter handle uh, or your YouTube channel that has 18,000 subscribers uh, real quick, just so like nobody, you know, just because that won't be completely fucking obvious to everyone. So sniff, doe sniffer, whoever you are on YouTube, you're a fucking moron. Um, and you'll always be a loser. And I'm excited. I'm going to read mean, mean comments and mean tweets that people have sent me since last or, or since the DPEG. That'll be on next week's live show, which is always live 4.30 p.m thursdays uh on our youtube channel bytes digital group except for this past week because i was busy and had too many things going on all righty well thank you everyone for joining into the twitter space this week uh it's been an absolute pleasure 
Um, there's a lot going on in Luna V2 world. Um, I busted out my tinfoil hat. I think that there is more going on and more in store from TFL. Uh, if even TFL is even a real thing at this point. Um, I believe, I believe Jimmy and Lunk Dow are just, they're, they're actually secretly orchestrating a mass takeover of TFL. Um, I bet they were the, the, they were probably a like a paramilitary that invaded the, the HQ and, uh, in Seoul. So uh, I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot more to come out uh, in the future about what's truly going on behind the scenes, uh, how criminal Doquan is and how criminal Pantera and Bytes Digital are. Um, but just remember that nothing we do or say is investment advice or financial advice. Uh, hope you guys have a great weekend. Hope you enjoy uh, considering all the different monetary systems and why you invested in Terra UST. Um, and please, please invest responsibly and keep learning about the crypto world. I am personally taking a new course in Metrics DAO where I'm learning how to do SQL da database analysis of the blockchain. Uh, thoroughly recommend you guys to check out Metrics DAO. They're a great organization. It's a free course. Um, and they're teaching everyone SQL coding and how to create dashboards and how to actually understand blockchain data and how blockchain data gets curated. Um, so it's a really interesting, riveting course. So if you're interested in learning how to code, um, definitely recommend you guys checking out Metrics DAO and joining that journey with me because I'm going to pick up new skills this bear market. So I'm ready for the next actual good cycle. Um, thank you guys so much for watching and joining today's Twitter space. Take care. Have a great weekend. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Bytes Digital Lunatic Recovery Group, recorded on Friday, July 29th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When I'm cruising, I'm rushing, no booze on my tongue. When I'm losing my cool like a bruiser in London, the rules are confusing, so let loose the juices and try not to act like they tightened up the noose. These fools are abused like a problem stepchild, ruling the coop with some modest exile. I'm lost in the cube with the softest textiles, a comfy padded room where I'm walking my best miles. So wipe the smirk off your face when you're serving them up with a platter of bait behind the curtain. Up with the curse, it's absurd to swerve it, letting these nerds know the weight was worth it i'll perk it up while i serve in some bullshit this ain't my first rodeo surrounded by humans opinionated merchants trying to steal your worth it's getting on my nerves so let's make them feel nervous Tit for tat when I'm spitting this rap shit Getting sick with it like I'm kissing bats It's spreading sickness like a fucking pandemic Gun to my head like write the damn epic My mood is exhumed from the darkest mistakes Sitting down in hell cooking up these mixtapes Living through nightmares and dreamscapes It takes more patience than a hospital police state So lock it down, locked and loaded like they come for your guns Fuck no, we won't be getting onto that bus Quietly sit back and watch the riot beat While the cops get filmed pirating all your privacy Sign on the dotted line and wave your rights and wave goodbye and pay no mind. You gotta wash the brain and erase the time. Now shut the fuck up while we wait in line.
Genesis.